Hello, hello, and welcome to Orbiting the Ghost Planet, your episode-by-episode Space Ghost Coast-to-Coast discussion podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Joe. And this week, we're talking about, we're jumping back in, long-awaited, the beginning of Season 2 of Space Ghost Coast-to-Coast. That is Season 2, Episode 1, President's Day Nightmare, a.k.a. the world premiere tune-in. First annual. First annual. Pro tip, there was never a second one. <laughs> Which, you know what? I'm kind of sad about. Yeah. Seems like a neat idea. Yeah. The, the, they, they said it over the, um, over sort of the title card, but the TBS, TNT, and Cartoon Network simulcast. Yeah. Um, Exciting. Yeah, like, first of all, you know, all Turner Networks, that's why they were able to do that. Uh, it was always weird because you, at the time, you would hear about, at least... For me, it was weird because you would hear about it. It's like, hey, this thing that you like on Cartoon Network, yeah, it's also on these other two channels at some point. And that just blew my mind. <laughs> it's like, these don't belong to these channels. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically the whole premise of the show is it features the directors and some, and the cartoons that they made as part of the World Premiere Tunes initiative thing, uh, also known as What a Cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, produced by Hanna Barbera, the going back to the idea of hey, we should make like three minute cartoons, all original directors, all original ideas. Stop being about you know what properties do we have? Just get something new, get something fresh. And so the shows that they that the directors made, like they were these were like basically like pilot concept kind of idea things. I don't even know if they were created with I, I i read into this a little bit i don't think they were necessarily created with the intent to be series mm-hmm. but it definitely was this idea of um i think i think they funded like 50 something cartoons because the basically the argument at the time uh at hanna barbera who sort of uh started this project their thought was the way cartoons were going at the time everybody was just Hey, you know, what's the new series we're going to put out now that there's Cartoon Network, now that there's a place where you just cartoon series on TV as opposed to, you know, cartoons before movies, shorts, you know, just squeezing around other places. Um, But their argument was basically, you know, uh, since the new guy took over at Hanna-Barbera, they'd only put out two new series, which were SWAT Cats and Two Stupid Dogs. Man, I love Two Stupid Dogs. We should do a whole, like, just episode (laughs) on that. Um but they did basically said, you know, the money it takes to do a series, you don't know if it's going to work. You don't know how well it's going to be. So we can spend just as much money, you know, make three-minute things and get unique things. And then any of them, if there's a, a big uh, feedback to them, then we can make series on that. So the idea was just like, instead of making a new series, let's make a ton of pilots. So it's kind of like a game jam, but cartoons. Yeah, it was kind of like a cartoon jam. <laughs> We'll get to Jam later. Uh, and uh, what year was this? This, this come out? Uh, this episode aired in February of 95. Jeez. Yeah. Well, mostly I asked because three of the shows were shows that I'm familiar with. Right. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll get to my magic go down, but it's just sure. important to say it's like, you know, uh, after last time when we saw Space Ghost make an appearance on the VHS release of The Mask, what? <laughs> uh, you know. They were like, hey, Cartoon Network was like, hey, we have this thing. It's ours. It's original. Let's use it to shill and make some more money. So um, they said, hey, we'll get him and just treat him as a rapper for these other cartoons. We'll put on all our networks. We'll make something out of it. 
I don't know why anyone would think to use Space Ghost for anything, <laughs> but I'm glad they did. Let's get into this episode. I was going to say, so basically the setup is Space Ghost is, is hosting it. We have, we're introduced to the Council of Doom, who are judging these directors in their shorts. The directors are, it's basically like uh, Miss America, yeah. but for directors and the cartoons that they created with the Council of Doom as judges. So, without looking, can you name the members of the Council of Doom? Okay. <laughs> so you have Lokar, yep. who's the Locust. Um, you have Metallus, who's the big blue metal one, yep. who just kind of makes a noise. He doesn't say words. Yep, he goes... Yeah. Uh, you have Black Widow. Which, did you notice... Anything special about Black Widow? No. She was on screen for like two seconds. Voiced by Judy Tenuta. Oh, that's why she sounds familiar. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Which is weird. She must fit that, that role in that character really well, because I didn't even realize for so long <laughs> that Judy Tenuta came back to do Black Widow. Uh-huh. Um, so you got two more. Uh... Tanzan? Predicate. Is that his name? Tanzan. <laughs> okay. I- Tanzan. Predicate is like the action of a sentence, right? Yeah. So does that mean his catchphrase kind of, you know, the meaning behind it is like, do on to others? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a good motto for a villain to have. <laughs> he pretended he, it's basically an off-brand Moltar. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like a big, like, goofy, sweet personality type, like the big teddy bear characters. They're yep. like really big, but like just really nice. Um, so um, it's kind of funny to see him on a Council of Doom. And I should mention, it's a little weird because they have the old Tangent voice in this episode. Um, I, this might be the first time we see Tangent. I can't quite recall. I think so. Um, but so over the uh, commercial bumpers on their fancy, you know, world premiere tune-in mm-hmm. anniversary whatever show, they had an announcer over that. Yeah. That announcer is Don Kennedy who eventually, him doing that voice, which stories say is just his voice, Mm -hmm. uh, he will end up being sort of the go-to voice for Tangent later on. As an announcer, it gets (laughs) weird and meta, and I really appreciate that. Um, And you got, who's the last one? And the last one I only know because of, I actually was familiar with him before I knew I was familiar with him, because my friend gave me a CD with a bunch of songs that apparently he sings. But it's Brack. Oh, hell, Brack. <laughs> Brack's the best. <laughs> um, yeah, that would probably have been. Uh, there were two albums from Cartoon Planet which featured Space Ghost Zorak and Brack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was either the Musical Barbecue or the Surf and Turf. Well, I remember Zorak being in at least one of them. Mm hmm. If you can remember any song, I'll tell you which one it is. Uh, there's the Bean song. The Bean song that is off of Musical Barbecue. And um, what day is it? Could you please tell me? Yes. What day is it? I'm confused, you see. Is it Sunday? No. Is it Monday? No. Is it Tuesday, Blues Day, Better Wear Shoes Day? No, 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 no. Yes. Yeah, okay. Council of Doom. <laughs> yes. Uh, Who introduced themselves with a musical number. They're good. It's not the first time that they've done a musical number. They also do a musical number on the Christmas special, <laughs> which uh, we're going to cover at a more Christmassy time, timely time. <laughs> Woo! I also noticed that in the uh, subtitles while they were singing, they spelled haiku wrong. 
Yeah, how did they spell it? They spelled it H I A K U instead of H A I. So, uh, Hyaku. Yeah. That's uh, that's my favorite mass-produced Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Joke only makes me laugh. <laughs> um, so I also got the sense that uh, Zorak and Lokar don't like each other very much. Oh no, there's a uh, definitely a uh, insect rivalry going on there. Animosity there, because don't forget. <laughs> uh, Zorak used to promote himself as a locust before everyone wisened up and was like, no, right, he's a mantis. Yeah. But yeah, so then they have a, a little bit of back and forth between Space Ghost and the Council, and Space Ghost totally whiffs on recognizing that he was in a Who's On First parody yeah, with Maltar. Yeah, I, I wrote that down, He, he that he falls into a Who's On First sketch. And just totally unaware of it, like <laughs> like revamped comic brilliance of just like, you don't know why you're funny. <laughs> And Moltar's um, just chuckling to himself. And then we pretty quickly get on in with well, the directors. There was also Blip the Monkey. There was Blip the Monkey. Who I just, just because we've been watching uh, Metal Gear 4. Yeah. So <laughs> monkeys are funny to me right now. Hey, monkeys test pretty well among audiences. Yeah. Um, I like how his voice was just a squeaky toy. Mm -hmm. Except for like the one stock monkey voice that everyone, the like one monkey yell that everybody uses. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, he comes back, he's always ripped on, I think, I actually, they put him in a tuxedo, yeah. like, holding an envelope, I think when we see, I think we'll see him later wearing that exact same costume, <laughs> even though there's no reason for it. Um, but yeah, and then we get into the meat of the contest. Uh, first we see Pat Ventura, who's the director of the cartoon Yucky Duck. Which I have never heard of. That's one of the ones I remember seeing. I was definitely watching a lot of Cartoon Network at the time, and I caught most of these. Um, Yucky Duck was weird. It was like... It wanted to be like Ren and Stimpy and or Tom and Jerry, but not a duo cartoon. Yeah, I just feel like it's weird because it was a duck, and there's already like iconic yeah. cartoon ducks, so that's, I feel like that's hard turf to break into. Yeah, um... Like, that one, it, it was definitely a weird one. Like, he had to handle a really out-of-control cheese. Yeah. Um, But, oh, like, it, that was a decent cartoon. It mm -hmm. was not one of the better ones, but that was definitely, like, one of the middle ones. There were definitely, like, low, mid, and high tiers of those mm -hmm. cartoons. Yeah. Um, like, there were high ones that didn't even get their own series. Um, But, yeah, so he comes in, and Space Ghost makes them all sort of contest- with each other, as they are contestants. Mm -hmm. What did I just do there? <laughs> uh, and basically just by his questions and occasionally cuts over to the Council of Doom for them to score the directors. <laughs> uh, and my favorite one, which, oh my god, it's so good, is like the second time they do it, they cut over like it's the Olympics. Yeah. And you hear a French... Announcer. Announcer yeah. reading off all of the, the, the number cards, the scorecards right. over each judge in French and yeah. then the English translation over it. And you're going down the line, going down the line, and the first score Brack gives is Bonjour, je m'appelle Brack. <laughs> it still makes me just laugh so hard. That makes my heart happy, that joke. <laughs> There's also a section where Space Ghost points out this little, another earworm kind of thing where he says, don't sing, don't dance, what do you do, Pat? As far as I can tell, that's not actually a reference to anything. It's, it's just, just, 
It just sticks. It just sticks in your brain. He's just singing to himself. Yeah. Um, and then they show a little clip from Yucky Duck, mm-hmm. and then we move on to our to second contestant. Johnny Bravo director. Johnny Bravo's Van Partible. Who has a Danish and a drink. Which at first it seems like the Danish is going to give him a really big edge in the competition, considering the, the Council of Doom. Brack especially likes to munch on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, also going off early, which he seems to think blood is funny, which the council entirely agrees with. Oh, yeah. Uh, but later questioning would actually ha- see him slide into rankings and not come out. Well, they took overall. points off for the Danish because they would have chosen the bagel. They did. Didn't he score like negative 98 points at yes. one point or was that the next guy? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he seems like a cool guy. He seemed very like relaxed and there and eating on camera, which yeah. you never want to do. But this is Space Ghost, so <laughs> just do the thing that you shouldn't do and just whatever. Um and then we see, uh, you know, I he was I was on his side, even if the council wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got to see a little bit of Johnny Bravo. So, what do you think of Johnny Bravo? I have never really seen a full episode of Johnny Bravo. Really? Like I know who he is, like visually, and a bit about his character, but I've never really seen the show. Well, so this original one focused more on Johnny. When you got into the later episodes, there was like a core cast of. Johnny, the little uh, little girl next door neighbor, Johnny's mother, because of course he lives at home with his mm-hmm. mother, uh, and like the nerd friend from down the street, <laughs> and sort of how they are the support team for trying to be good friends to Johnny, when all Johnny wants to do is go after the women. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part stays completely true. And it's interesting, like, he always gets the... He always reaches a bad end in that pursuit. Yeah. Especially because he's doing it and just like, it's like, well, you know... Hey, women, I'm going to impress you with me. Mm-hmm. Um, his hair, <laughs> immaculate. Um, at the very least, we should look up that um, Scooby-Doo Johnny Bravo crossover episode. Because that's... Yeah. I only have one shipping. That sounds like that would be fun. <laughs> and it's Johnny Bravo and Velma. <laughs> um, I like... I just... I kind of like how his, his whole look... He's got the whole, like, greaser thing going. Yeah. With the slick back hair and the, the, and he, the jeans and the t-shirt. He's shaped like a... Dorito, Dorito with biceps. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's my thing, which I I think maybe is worth some merit later on. Uh, looking into, is Johnny Bravo like the feminist version of Big Trouble in Little China? That is a weird sentence, but I am inclined to agree. Because again, it's about this guy who's like big, masculine, self-centered, it's all about him, doesn't actually care about the women who he claims to be the object of his affection and desires. Yeah. But then he's really the sidekick who, you know, always meets with a funny bad end. Well, actually, the women he's going after all generally tend to be, you know, like strong, self-sustainable, non-objectified characters. Like, he's the only one objectifying them. The show itself doesn't. But yeah, after Van Partible, we move on to... Quick commercial break, which I love the way that, like, the segments just sort of fizzle out before each <laughs> commercial. It's so great. Um, but then we move on to Eugene Matos, who is the director of Shake and Flea. Shake and Flick? Was it Shake and Flick? Shake and Flick. Shake and Flick. I thought it was Shake. Flick is a flea, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I may Can I get partial credit for that? Sure. Okay. Um... 
I still can't tell if he's actually wearing like a Star Trek uniform or if it's just a no, shirt that's that same yellow. I color. think it was a, a case of like realizing what he looks like, like when he got to look at himself in the mirror. He was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna roll with this." Because <laughs> he comes in with the bright yellow shirt, slick black, slicked back hair, and doing like a Shatner Star Trek <laughs> impression kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which like hamming it up, but he played good on TV. He reminded me a little bit of um, who's that big brick face fellow from all the shows? Patrick Warburton. Yes, <laughs> he reminded I me a little bit of Patrick Warburton. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, like playing a little like that, like playing it big, playing it hammy, but yeah. kind of not it pushing works. it too much. Yeah, yeah. I he, he was. I I found myself endeared towards him. <laughs> Um, As then, for the shake and flick clip, they played just the title card, <laughs> yep. like with the the sort of time code stamp up in the corner too. Yeah. It's like they did the Space Ghost thing of like, oh, we're gonna show this for like a second to say we showed it, and then not actually show it. Yeah, it's this weird like. So don't forget what we established earlier. This was a Turner Network using one of their properties to push across all of their networks other properties that they were getting behind mm-hmm. and space ghost still shows no respect <laughs> to the guests yeah like that's the kind of thing where it's just like anywhere else you would think that is what gets the entire team fired yeah you would think but no this is the space ghost model of it's like oh like oh we gave you the money and like people are giving us money so that you can make them more money come here little fella you don't know what you're in for <laughs> um, I kind of love it. He ha- he was already having a weird segment anyway. Like most of that segment was just words in a nonsensical order. Yeah, uh, you must phrase your answer in the form of the walrus. So go on and question the answer. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I I can't explain it. I I that's beyond me. But that's okay because next we had one of my favorite shows, which is Dexter's Lab with director Gendy Partakovsky. Yeah. That's the name that shows up a lot in Cartoon Network shows. <laughs> yeah. Um He has a pretty straightforward actually he doesn't even have a straightforward like interview segment. They go real quickly right into the cartoon. Yeah. Um which plays out because Dexter became one of the biggest oh, yeah. biggest I just cartoons come out of this. I watched all of that on uh Netflix yeah. recently. <laughs> I wanted to do that as well, but they didn't include like I'm pretty sure Dexter's Lab had, like, two uh, TV movies. I'd believe that. At least one of which, which was entirely time travel. I forget if the other one was. (laughs) Um, But, like, Speed Racer episodes and, like, how many seasons did it have? Did it have, like, six seasons? There was a bunch of it. Like, Dexter was huge and pretty fantastic. It was a really good show. And the whole episode where all he could say was omelette du fromage. (laughs) Like... Silly, like that was a good ass cartoon just by a lot of metrics. Yep. Um, and we saw him here before it was actually a cartoon. A little weird to see, like the, the old animation. Yeah, like because like it's the same, but it's not the same, and it's got that. It's I love it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it, it's like it, before they got all the everything like kind of smoothed out and like 
finalized. Well, it was its own kind of smooth, though. Like, all these cartoons seem to share maybe, like, an animation, like, team or something. Because they were <laughs> all, like, smooth in their own Hanna-Barbera kind of way that was lost when they became their own shows with their own budget and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, That's but, true. They probably did have different people. But even that original Dexter episode was really, really <laughs> strong. There's a reason they picked that as one of the ones to go to uh, series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they get they get over uh, Gendy pretty quick, almost feeling like they're just tired of being on the air already <laughs> and want to get towards the end. Um, and last but definitely not least, we have Craig McCracken. Craig McCracken. With the Powerpuff Girls, which is another show that I just watched all of on Netflix. Release the McCracken. Because <laughs> um, Powerpuff Girls is a damn good show. It's so good. Also had a couple of movies with like yep. actually released on DVD. And a board game. And video games. <laughs> and oh my gosh. We had the board game and we played it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it fun? Yeah, it was pretty fun. I I, I would check out a Powerful Girls board game. I think game. we might still have it in the closet. Oh my gosh. Um, You'd like it because the dice aren't regular dice. Ooh, I do like irregular dice. <laughs> Like a good three-sided die. Mm-hmm. But, um, so they sort of mess with you because they show, like, two frames of the Powerpuff Girls for the clip segment. Yeah. And then the rest of the time is Craig McCracken just sort of ripping on Space Ghost. He looked really young. He looked so young. He looked like a hippie. He had that, like, <laughs> bell-shaped haircut with yeah. the, like, long, wavy hair. He looked like he could have been a surfer in a past or future yeah, life. Yeah, he was, like, barely 20. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he's ripping on Space Ghost, and the council gets completely on his side because oh, yeah. of it. He was getting straight 10s and 11s across <laughs> the board. They don't even go up to 11, which is weird because they go up to like negative 98, also complete sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the final tally, it turns out that it's a tie and between to c- everyone. To celebrate, we get another musical number. Yeah. Again, following that uh, <laughs> Miss America pageant formula. Here she is. It's a tie. Um... Yes, and Space Ghost decides that for the tiebreaker, they're going to have a swimsuit competition. Yep. So we very quickly rush back through every contestant, uh, all of which go, what are you talking about? And are immediately disqualified. Yes. (laughs) Except for Craig McCracken. Who shows up in one-piece swimsuit and floaties and a and, life vest <laughs> and a snorkel and just standing there in a swimsuit and, and everything and then he won yeah and like it's beautiful and can i just say the music that played behind him in that segment and over the ending credits mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure my my um affection for like house dance music started <laughs> right in that scene yeah because they played that behind it there a very 90s piece of music yeah, like ni- ninety five house techno. That's exactly <laughs> where my heart is. Mm-hmm. That's where that's what plays on Star Road. Um, but yeah, like there and some of the Cartoon Network commercials at the time, like station bumpers. Yeah, and a few more times in Space Ghost, we'll actually hear music pieces like that. Um, but yeah, so then as he's there holding his flowers and breathing through his snorkel, mm-hmm. uh, thanking the judges and the audience and mm-hmm. everyone. We cut to a Powerpuff Girls episode. So while we're here, yeah, let's talk about Powerpuff Girls. This episode was called Meet Fuzzy Lumpkins. <laughs> Meet spelled M-E-A-T. Because of course it would be. Because it's Fuzzy Lumpkins, who is the pink 
fluffy hillbilly thing. I don't even know what he is. Yeah. He's got the little dongly antenna things. And he is super proud of his meat jam. Right, because the Powerpuff Girls are judging a jam competition. <laughs> Can we have more jam? Like, this seems like a very... Like country fair kind of thing yep. to do. Which I was is... gonna say that's exactly where you'd find it. But they're holding it in a mall in the city of Townsville. Yeah, and we don't have mayor mayor. We have a different mayor. Yes. Well, so like I don't want to give away the end of this episode, but I think we got the new mayor because this mayor never got unmeetified. That is very true. So let's just consider that canon. Also, I don't know if he was, he probably wasn't voiced by the person, but it, he was definitely imitating a person who I can't remember the name of. Yeah. It's like one of those like iconic caricature personalities of yeah. the time. <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you mean. I can't place it anywhere either because I haven't seen a cartoon that he would have voiced in a long, long time. Yeah. But, um, but but yeah. yeah, so Fuzzy Lumpkins made Meat Jam, and his Meat Jam does not win the competition, and that makes him very upset. So in response, he <laughs> makes a meat gun, which turns everything it shoots at into meat. And he just goes around meeting everybody in town. Yep. And eating everybody in town. With his meat gun, yeah. he will eat the world. <laughs> you know, I really, I can kind of empathize with him. I like everything to be meat. Yeah. <laughs> and I get angry when things are not meat enough <laughs> sometimes. He makes a terrible mistake, though, of turning Bubbles' pigtail into a drumstick. Yeah. Well, that happens at the end. Like, what I actually like is, <laughs> even even in this short form, you know, three minute cartoon that they have, they make sure to take a little bit of time in the middle mm-hmm. to make sure to deal with showing some of the problems of being a superhero or a trio yeah. of superheroes still in. Is that pre-K or kindergarten? I don't know if it's preschool or kindergarten. I mean, they didn't look like they were (laughs) learning anything. It was all like freeform coloring and and (laughs) playtime. So that might be pre-K? Maybe. Um, But like, oh, hey, we got to go save the world. We have to go ask for permission to be excused from class to go (laughs) save the world. And then they do because they're good little girls. Yep. They're made out of sugar, spice, everything nice. And chemical (laughs) X. Oh, my gosh. That show was pretty good. Yep. It was Powerpuff Girls when, it, like, second era Toonami, mm-hmm. when they had the midnight run that was only Saturday from midnight to, like, 6 a.m., Yeah, they sh- included Powerpuff Girls in that block. So <laughs> really? it was all, like, DBZ, Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing, and Powerpuff Girls <laughs> for six hours. Wow. <laughs> really... But they didn't put it in the middle block. It was only on that, that six-hour Monday morning block, Sunday morning block. It was really weird. I really liked it, and I always couldn't stay awake enough. <laughs> These days, there'd be no problem to stay awake to watch mm. all that Powerpuff Girls. But they don't have that anymore. I should actually see Tsunami Aftermath and all like that. Well, they got a bunch of the shows on Netflix, so check it out there. Some of them are down now. Yeah, I know, but some are still there. Yeah, they are. Um it made me, this episode actually reminded me of the episode of Invader Zim, where Zim uh, injects um, Dib with baloney DNA and he starts turning into a baloney. <laughs> Was he one of the baloney brothers? I don't know. Well, the, it ends with the two of them becoming blobs of baloney, so maybe. Gross. Well, so, and that's one of the things, you know, again. Powerpuff Girls is definitely one of the ones that went on to be its own series. Very, very, 
very powerful. <laughs> very strong showing series on its own, movies, video games, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, we, you know, it's very clear why. Because there's a lot of cleverness. In, a, in addition to, like, adorableness and sort of, like, good-heartedness yeah, in this show. good lessons. But, uh, again, sort of this idea of... Um, cleverness mm-hmm. in the cartoon uh because there is that one segment where they're listing off all the bad guys it could be yeah and it's the baloney brothers oh all of the bad guys in that show have terrible pantastic names all beef patty yeah who is a cow who shoots people <laughs> with milk yep. and the salami swami mm-hmm. those are like Kind of just genius. And All the villains are like that. Like, used perfectly in this case because they're just sort of thrown away. And I think some of these people come back in the in the actual series. But they're like, hey, but but only in the case of just like the, the episode starts in the middle of a fight just as it's wrapping up yeah. with an enemy with a, a concept kind of like that. <laughs> which is like... Again, it's that sort of high concept joke, the thirty rock joke. They yeah. like like this is a good joke, but it doesn't hold up on its own. This is a throwaway joke that you <laughs> need to make sure it gets in there. Yeah. Um <clears throat> But yeah, and then you know, that plays out. They save the day after Bubbles Hair gets turned into a drumstick. Mm-hmm. Um just the one ponytail. Just the one. Uh she still looks cute with meat hair. Um <laughs> uh, and then Fuzzy Lumpkin gets turned into a hamburger. And is presumably eaten by the mayor, who is still a slab of meat, yeah. who talks. Yeah, kind of dark. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> um, and that ends the episode. Then we come back and Space Ghost Credit Troll, which also I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, when they rolled the full PPG episode, yeah. they used the old World Premiere Tunes logo, which was that floating face with the weird hat. Yeah. It's super weird, but I kind of miss it. It comes from an era where, like, everyone thought, hey, we have a cable channel, so it's like a planet unto itself. We're going to make a creepy computer animated face. Well, because it reminds me a little bit of, like, the cartoon, uh, I'm sorry, the Comedy Central logo of the time that was, like, a planet with the banner around it that had a little city on top. Yeah. Except it has, like, eyes and a weird little Jetson-style hat on top. <laughs> um there's something about the aesthetic of that era that either I miss or I'm just super nostalgic for because we were like four, six at the six. time. Um, I watched a lot of cartoons when I was six. <laughs> but um, yeah, that does it for this episode. I'm going to say we've already counted guest superpowers as the directing ability and the quality of the cartoons they made. Sure. Um, and so, again, here's the thing. Um there was definitely sort of a split. Even though we didn't get to see any of Scratch and Flick. Mm-hmm. Is that them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Scratch and Flick was another Tom and Jerry one. So there was sort of this split between actually clever, funny cartoons, which all went on to get their own series. John right. Bravo also got a series. The other two were very slapstick Tom and Jerry styled cartoons yeah. that were all about just like, here's a silly thing that happened. Rehashing here's somebody who gets... old concepts that I feel like have been done to death. Well, it, it's it's weird because when you're being clever and you're telling new jokes and you're finding just, like, new jokes to tell, you have space to grow there. And they made good use of that and they were telling new jokes. But when it comes to slapstick, all you can kind of do is tell the same jokes in a new setting. It's like, who gets yeah. kicked in the butt? Who gets a bucket of something splattered on them? Uh, who won the Kids' Choice Award? <laughs> 
That has to do with getting gacked. Yep. Splatted. Slimed? What did they call it back in the day? Slimed, I think. <clears throat> um, and yeah, so like clearly the clever ones came out. So there's a lot of good stuff that came out of the whole project, and we should totally do a series on those. <laughs> All right, yeah, but that's going to do it. Uh, welcome to season two. There's still a long road ahead of us, but mm-hmm. there's some good stuff in here. Um, I, I think my favorite stuff starts being in season three, but... Again, we'll get there. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next time when we watch another episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast and complete another orbit around the ghost planet. Good night. You have been listening to Orbiting the Ghost Planet, an Aliku Studios Podcast Network production. You can visit the show page at alikustudios.net slash podcast slash ghost planet. There you can find the rest of our episodes, the RSS feed for the show, and links to our Facebook page where you can talk about this and all the other Liku Studio shows. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, you can help us by leaving a quick review and rating. Please visit alikustudios.net to learn more about us and what we do. That's O-L-E-E-T-K-U.